All right, so I was saying that uh, the Director General, Mr. Dangle, thought that we should have this media briefing, including uh, the various ambassadors that have been introduced, because we often find that there's a lot of uh, debate in the public domain following uh, votes, either in the General Assembly or the Security Council, and we thought it important that we provide you with an opportunity to perhaps uh, engage with us on South Africa's approach to the uh, conflict uh, in the Ukraine uh, up to this moment, particularly with respect to the positions that South Africa has adopted. As I've said, you'd be aware that yesterday in the General Assembly of the UN, a resolution was adopted which uh, says that Russia should be suspended uh, in its membership currently of the Human Rights Council. The resolution received a two-thirds majority in the 193-member General Assembly, with 93 countries voting in favor, 24 against, and I think, DJ, I'm right, 58 abstaining, not 56, 58 abstaining. We uh, also abstained on the resolution. This, uh, you'd be aware, is the third resolution since the 2nd of March, tabled on Ukraine at the UN General Assembly. And it's the third that we have abstained on. I wish to point out very clearly that as South Africa, we are not indifferent to the suffering of the people in Ukraine, nor are we indifferent to the conflict that is underway there. We are deeply concerned about the continuing conflict. We had warned in earlier statements about the loss of life, that war is not good for anyone. And we are extremely worried at the deteriorating humanitarian situation. We believe that as a matter of urgency, there must be a cessation of hostilities which in our view would be the first step toward providing a comprehensive response to the humanitarian crisis that is unfolding. We continue to stress as South Africa that dialogue, mediation and diplomacy is the only path to end the conflict. And we noted yesterday in the explanation of vote that many member states are increasingly joining this view. As we stated in our explanation of vote yesterday in the General Assembly, wars end when dialogues begin, and wars endure when there is no dialogue. We are witnessing tectonic shifts in global affairs, particularly since the Russian Federation used force without sanction of the UN Security Council, which is the body that would sanction such action, in its entry to UK Ukraine on the 24th of February. We also are seeing global shifts through the use of the General Assembly as a voting forum, rather than the Security Council where decisions on peace and security are taken. This, I think, exemplifies a rather unfortunate development within the United Nations family. 
global power relations are being realigned in response to the war and we're seeing great volatility in the global economy. These developments have had a direct impact on our country as well as on many developing countries throughout the world. Our country, countries on the continent and many others are affected by this conflict. All of them have sought to assert their independent, non-aligned views on the matter of this war underway. We have resisted in our responses, becoming embroiled in the politics of confrontation and aggression that have been advocated by the powerful countries. Before each vote, every foreign minister throughout the world is called by the various, for want of a better expression, protagonists. And we are asked to vote one way or the other. And we have been clear that we adopt an independent view as to how we vote. We cannot be directed by anyone as to how we should vote on behalf of South Africa. We have said we believe the aggressive discourse, the name calling, and the use of the General Assembly for passing resolutions that add further criticism doesn't add to the resolution of the problem. It's not assisting, it is merely expanding the range of hatred and conflict that we are observing from afar. As one commentator said this morning, constantly poking a bear that is injured merely serves to make that bear more angry and more reckless. We've promoted peaceful resolution and we've called for dialogue and negotiation, genuine dialogue and negotiation. As I said yesterday, this approach is in keeping with all members of the non-aligned movement since the formation of NAM in 1961, when developing countries on the continent and in Asia committed themselves to maintaining independent foreign policies and extending a hand of friendship to all countries that sought to reciprocate that friendship. This approach of the non-aligned movement was a way to balance our national interests when our priority was to maintain robust trade relations with many countries across the world and across the political divide then of the Cold War. We believe this independent approach, this approach of friendship, is as valid today as it was then. And that is why you would have noted in the General Assembly debate that all the members of NAM called for diplomacy and negotiation, each one in their statements. Our non-aligned position doesn't mean that we condone the military intervention of Russia in Ukraine. We believe that this intervention is in violation of international law. We've always opposed violations of the sovereignty and territorial integrity of member states, and we don't choose which member state. Any violation to us is an infringement of the UN Charter and its core tenets. We have also decried 
the humanitarian disaster that has resulted from this military incursion. And we've called for the urgent opening of humanitarian corridors and the provision of aid to the civilian population, which, as usual in war, bears the brunt of suffering when violent confrontation breaks out. We have held these views on the core principles and values of the UN Charter and on humanitarian support with respect to Palestine and many other countries where sovereignty is threatened. One of our concerns as this awful conflict ensues is that there appears to be a lack of balance evident in the manner in which the United Nations is being utilized today. We believe there needs to be a consistency in the approach of the international community to all countries that violate international law. When Israel launched sustained offensive military operations against the Gaza Strip, killing hundreds, flattening homes, burying civilians under the rubble, and devastating the well-known dilapidated infrastructure in such a small and densely populated area. The world failed to respond in the same way that it is now responding on Ukraine. We don't see Palestinians as different from Ukrainians, but the way that the world community is reacting, is reacting, it suggests that Palestinian lives matter less than the lives of Ukrainians. And this is something that concerns us, and we hope that we will see the United Nations acting with as great vigor by the powerful member states on Israel, on Morocco, and others who infringe the sovereignty of nations. We hope that in future, military aggression will be met with sanctions, isolation, and a divestment campaign for all who infringe, not some. We have been strenuously pointing out that current approaches are serving to strain relations further. We have been stressing that the international community must focus on finding a sustainable solution. We don't believe it will be found in isolating one party or seeking to bring it to its knees. We don't want to go down the route that followed the Treaty of Versailles. Constructive solutions focused on addressing the humanitarian situation and promoting peaceful dialogue remain imperative. Our president conveyed to all key stakeholders that South Africa stands ready to be in support of a peaceful resolution of the conflict in Ukraine with the intention of bringing the violence to an end as speedily as possible. We have stressed to all our friends throughout the world that we believe negotiation is possible even now in the most difficult of conditions. 
And we have stressed that we believe this is the route that should be followed. Some of our friends have pointed to the efforts made by their particular presidents who are members of NATO. We have suggested maybe we should look elsewhere. We should look at other leaders who may be the key interlocutors that help us to walk and work toward peace. We know that there are some who oppose our call for peace and negotiations and who continue to hold the view that uh, conflict will somehow solve the problem. But we are afraid that there'll be more deaths, greater humanitarian suffering, and many more abuses of the civilian population of the Ukraine. So we call for an end to the war and for the beginning of genuine negotiations. And this is the stance that we will consistently maintain as South Africa. Thank you very much.